0: One group of friends.
1: No idea.
0: One big dream. From the lose to the booze to the cubes. What goes into making a festival happen?
1: We pull it off.
0: Welcome to How to Build a Festival. Hi everyone and welcome back to How to Build a Festival. Hi Ross, hi Rachel. Hello. Hi. So how are we? What has everybody been getting up to this week? Um, Ross, I believe you've been filling in for me a gig. So thanks very much for that. How was it? Uh, yeah, I got hold of your t-
1: tickets at the last minute because you couldn't go. Went to see Flight at Coco. They're kind of a indie folk band, just released a, a new album. It was, um, I've not been to Coco for probably six or seven years and I thought it had more or less burned to the ground and and just been reopened but on the inside it looked very much exactly the same as it did they even had the same like 40 year old red carpet um oh, really? yeah you could have replaced the carpet guys
0: um their toilets were a bit like a cave are they still the same the That's
1: what I remember are a bit like a cave um yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah they're really weird
0: great venue actually Coco I really
1: like it it's a good venue there's like loads of really stunning buildings um Mm. you kind of don't even notice when you're when you're there um so really weird they started playing their new album's very like acoustic-y kind of music and um Mm. the crowd were so quiet but every time anybody like moved their feet about 50 people would kind of shush them and um Mm. and even the band kept commenting on how like shushy everyone was really yeah it was really weird. weird but like to the extent that i mean normally it's the other way it's like really annoying how chatty everyone is isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was almost like too quiet because that what you could hear like people people at the bar opening cans and stuff was just so loudly <laughs> echoing around oh, and people were
0: even chatting them <laughs> okay so basically is this a library vibes <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> <Really I> mean,
2: <laughs> We literally can't win, can we? Because we, you know, okay. we don't like it when people are talking and then when it's too quiet, everyone's sh- shushing. That's, <laughs> ah. And whether did you say, Russ, there were some um, sort of special guests or kind of like other people performing with Flight?
1: Loads of special guests. They've got a Bombay Bicycle Club member in there now. The Staves came on. I think they have a bit of a, a bit of a love in, don't they, the Staves and Flight? Uh, and Billy Martin came on for a good few songs. So, yeah, good uh, good collaborations in the in yesterday's show.
0: But not Johnny Marr, because normally they wheel out every time. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Johnny Marr. No offence to Johnny Marr, he's, he's great.
1: But... Or if uh, you are at Glastonbury this year, um, Dave Grohl. Yeah, well,
0: oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be impressed by Dave Grohl still though. Not that I wouldn't be impressed by Johnny Marr this really. <laughs> weekend. Okay. Um, Speaking of festivals, which is what we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Latitude lineup came out this week. Very interesting lineup. Uh, any comments on the the first look at that?
1: What did you What did you think,
0: Kat? I thought it was a little bit. 10 years ago i've never okay i've never been to latitude and i really like the idea of going i think it'll be a festival that i liked i just think that from you know just from looking at it because it looks like it would be nice um but keen headlining is that's interesting isn't it yeah Um,
1: what are we what are we doing here guys like
2: are they back did we miss something
1: apparently but then i read i was i was like really keen and i started googling and and Reading off about Keane, they've got some of the biggest selling albums of, of all time in this country, which, again, I totally miss. I, everyone, I just thought everyone thought they were a slightly wet rockish no band, thing. but not really rock. I don't even know what it is.
2: I think I read something the other day that they'd had a bit of a resurgence because someone had been using their songs on TikTok. But I'm going to have to verify that. I might have dreamt it. But apparently that might be a thing
0: you know what i think that some of their songs are amazing um like as i always say don't don't be a snob about it some of them are great um bed shaped that's a great tune um but but I thought they were kind of a great band in sort of roughly circa 2007. So why, why are they headlining Latitude in t- 2023? I'm confused. I'm confused and bewildered.
2: Um, they're also quite high up the line-up for this Mad Cool Festival in Madrid as well. Which they, are they are Mad Cool. They are, well, <laughs> I'm not sure that's been said in a sentence before, has it? No.
1: Can we um, think of a better name for our festival than Mad Cool when we get <laughs> down to it?
0: I don't think you um,
1: think your worst name. <laughs> um back to latitude. Um the the most current band on like the until you get down to the bit where you have to really like put your phone right up to your <laughs> nose to see who it is. Uh the most current band is Crangbin, I think. The rest is Rick Astley, Ragamon Bone Man, Orbital, Nile Rogers, London Grammar, Keen Kasabian, Duran Duran. Rev. Even the, the Rev, yeah. In you know wild. I love the rev.
0: But yeah, I do. I do love the Rev. Um, and i have seen him many times. But even even then I haven't seen him since maybe twenty sixteen.
2: Mm.
1: And it kinda this this is the same as we talked about Isle of Wight. Um I, I Primavera is much more current props to them. That's a, a kind of a decent effort at supporting some new stuff. A lot of a lot of what we've seen so far this year has been very based on very old stuff even reading and Leeds.
0: do you think that sort of talks to a bit around what we're going to talk about today around genre like who comes to your festival i mean is this kind of because they're sort of aiming at a certain type of person so for example latitude has always been a bit of a i used to call it a guardian readers festival right like it's a you know it's a very kind of like left wing but also very nice safe festival that you go to because you can stay in like a glamping site and I suppose those people are getting older and therefore they're continuing to appeal to those same people with the same music that they listened to in 2007. I don't know, but it's just, it's an interesting point.
1: But it's like a vicious cycle, isn't it? Because if, if the biggest festivals aren't making a big deal of the newer acts on their lineup and on their more heavily promoted announcements then latitude are going to be back to snow patrol in five years time and back to um i don't know well keen again i guess in 10 years time goes back to the article rachel talked about last week doesn't it yes
0: Mm. yeah it does around not being able to find big headliners yeah i'm just very surprised because i felt that you know i think there's still a lot of really good music coming out this is what's unfortunate but actually i suppose what happens is people go to names they've heard of and it's true of, of any gig right or or any festival if you go to any festival and i can i'm thinking of standing calling here actually who instantly just won best lineup um for mm-hmm. their lineup this year at the festival of the year awards um but which we'll talk about at a later date but um at Standin' you'll see that people go to gigs where they've heard of the bands and it doesn't matter if they like them or not they just want to go to people they've heard of so people go and see dick and dom for example yeah really yeah yeah i mean it's quite fun i've been but <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless i think so maybe that's the point you've heard of keen and therefore people will go and see keen and therefore that's a big name to draw in the crowds whether or not they like them or not really i also None-
1: i haven't been to latitude either i do kind of imagine it as a sort of Festival where everyone's sort of sat on their chairs in front of the main stage. So I may be keen to just, maybe they're a great booking. Um, Stand and Calling's lineup this year was objectively exceptional though, but it does have (laughs) a few bands that are also on the, uh, latitude lineup for this year. Um, aside from that though, like Self-Esteem, Django Django, The Big Moon, um, Bears Den, We Are Scientists. That's excellent. That's good stuff um I, did go.
0: I only went to one yeah. day then which day did you go block party sunday block party yeah good guess you know me well um it was great it was just like the sunday standard's always a little bit flat because it tends to be a festival where people go home um but i was like basically at the front of block party so i had a fantastic time
1: that's an interesting um trap uh we it's we need to try and avoid walking into when we um, Mm. find a site isn't it like if we were talking about trying to be quite close to London and whatever but if you're too close to London or too close to like the places where everyone goes there from they just go home on a Sunday afternoon, so they can go back to work on Monday
0: like a Sunday wedding never have a Sunday wedding guys trust me people just don't take the next day off work they're like oh you know what I'll be all right I'll drive and then you find everyone's driving yeah
1: we went to a Sunday wedding recently actually and a lot of the people were over from we America so it was actually it was pretty nuts. We were about the only people who made the mistake of trying to go to work the next day.
2: Um, I've just found that article guys about and it is Keener actually in that article about um, bands having a resurgence on TikTok with new Gen Z fans. So um, basically um, somewhere only we know has kind of become um a big oh my goodness um yeah you're right it was covered by lily Allen, wasn't it for john lewis christmas yeah. advert but only recently has it joined spotify's elite club of songs with more than one billion streams wow. one billion the rise has been so probably, quick yeah.
1: probably got 20 quid for that
2: the, the rise has been so sorry i'm reading from the guardian here uh the rise has been so quick and so massive a few years ago we had a handful of songs that were equally weighted as big sing-alongs but one's taken on life, the others don't, uh, which is Everybody Knows. That's a great oh, song. It's, it's a song that everybody knows. But, yeah, they've and apparently they've been speeding up the original on TikTok as well. And that's kind of how it's become so popular. And that's kind of how they've become, I guess,
0: relevant again. I don't and mean to be late to Gen guys. Z, but again, come on, Gen Z. You can do better than Keen. We're going to
2: yeah. have to listen to the sped up version.
1: Get yourselves well, I into you the
0: to uh, art, you? To be fair, mm-hmm. into
1: the Grateful Dead or the the band or something. Yeah,
0: the Beatles or something. Come on. Let's um, now. I'll stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've just been talking about several festivals that were going for the same kind of music that we're probably looking at. A booking band that we don't really think are going to bring much new to the table how do we kind of avoid falling into that trap if we're we're going for the the same sort of stuff
0: i think that we need to define like a a group of people that we want to aim at so we sort of talked about calling this podcast like what genre do we like what we like we like all genres just to be clear what genre are we aiming for um so i think we need to try and define the kind of population that we're looking at here um, so who are target audiences, basically, um, which I think the music that we talked about last week will have some, um, you know, link in with. But I also think we need to think about, for example, you know, are we thinking about a family friendly festival? Are we thinking about, you know, um, like you say, some of the festivals clear, clearly seem to be aiming at certain um, age differentials potentially. So, you know, maybe we need to think about that.
2: I think as well I was having a look earlier about kind of I think a lot a lot of festivals have mixed genres so like cross cross several genres don't they Mm. um and I was looking at kind of a list of kind of what which festivals are in which genres so in the UK there's kind of a mixture of everything from like bluegrass to classical country dance Folk, jazz, metal, pop, punk, rock, everything. Tribute act festival. we guys, we could do a tribute act festival. What do you think about Apparently
1: that? Apparently they rake it in. Apparently they're like one of the more profitable types of festival.
0: I've been to one. I went to one last year. i told you about this. It was in where? Maybe it was the year before actually. It was called Wanna, Wanna Do Festival, Wanna Be Festival, maybe something like that. uh It was great. There was an ABBA tribute band. There was a Beatles tribute band. There was the Bowie. He, he was average then the Vanger Boys played they, it was just the real Vanger Boys though they weren't a tribute act i don't know why they were there <laughs> oh.
2: yeah can you imagine if you're in the tribute act? A D. that's what it's it called. It called yeah Ah, oh, nice um but yeah so the majority of festivals seem to be cross-genre we could also think about kind of i know obviously it's kind of what we um like cause it's our festival so we can do what we like but um in terms of like what do you think the kind of the most popular music genres are in the uk and what do you think is like the Most, um, the fastest growing one because I've got I've got my little bit of research here.
0: Oh, I don't know, I don't want to know either, it might depress me. I don't
2: think so. Rats, no, it's it's do you want to guess, Rossi? Country, it is country. I nearly country. said country, yeah. So, apparently, so you know, we could consider if that's the fastest growing, you know, is that something we want to kind of bear in mind um, and this is in terms of like from music streaming numbers in the UK and then I mean I, we could probably you know the kind of the, the most popular music genre is kind of like pop and rock followed by alternative indie country and folk hard rock metal club like dance music jazz and blues kind of those are the most kind of popular genres from like streaming so I guess that has to kind of filter in a little bit into what we're um thinking and also I guess the the numbers of acts that are likely to be available as well so that's just something to bear in mind but yeah I was in I found the country thing really interesting
1: I think we need to be go quite broad personally I think we should be trying to make it accessible to as many people as we possibly can and we've talked about trying to do something that's there for for new music so I don't I don't think we should narrow it down a little bit like we talked about last week but really focus more on kind of what's independent and interesting new stuff rather than worry too much about specific genres I think there are some genres that probably just don't necessarily go together I don't know if it's a genre but like I think if you put on too many tribute acts in like one go you kind of I don't know you kind of bring a different type of crowd in I, I don't know um, I, I, I'm not I'm i less worried about the kind of specific genre than I am about kind of finding acts that are fun and interesting and do, do something a bit different like I don't want it to be I don't want it to be too self-serious and I don't want it to be too like too narrow I think we narrow it down too far and we like not not trying to go for kind of bigger names that are 15 years old then we kind of (laughs) paint ourselves into a bit of a corner don't we
0: and I I don't know I'm not saying that like everything to fit exactly within that category but I think it would be unrealistic to be like oh actually we want to have like synth jazz on top of it do you know what I mean like I, I don't know that's that's my 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 theory um having said that I think That probably slightly more importantly is more around, and I'm going to sound a bit ridiculous when I say this, but like the vibe of the festival is more important than the actual like the music genre. So like, what do you guys think in terms of that? So again, like I mentioned earlier, like maybe around population who you want there, but also what are your thoughts around sort of how you want it to feel? I guess
1: I just want it to feel like fun and like everybody's welcome and that there's gen, like people are finding new things that they're interested in and, um, to me, I think that's like, that's one of the most important things about this. I, th- mm-hmm. I think there's plenty of festivals you go to where you can, uh, the only stuff available on the lineup is like a very chin scratchy kind of music. And I think to me, the vibe needs, what I, what I really want is that it's somewhere that people are going and just kind of like we talked about it, in the right. first episode, just that having the having that escapism and, really, really genuinely enjoying themselves and and finding it um, a kind of a different space to be in for for a weekend.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think the fun side of it is so important. What about you, Rach? Any thoughts on that?
2: I think, yeah, I I think kind of a cross-genre festival is definitely the way to go, but but I think if it's almost like too much, if it's kind of a bit too scattergun, it maybe loses a bit of the identity. But I think, yeah, the kind of overall sort of feeling and inclusivity and kind of sort of, I don't want to say like a, I don't know, I don't know how you create no ag, but kind of, you know, just a very relaxed, enjoyable, fun, you know, kind of inclusive group. So I think. I think in terms of like that who we're looking to kind of attract to the festival I guess it would be kind of I mean if I say anyone that sounds a bit ridiculous but you know I'm thinking of other festivals we go to like sometimes you go to them and they're very sort of like everybody is a very similar age and kind of looks very similar whatever but I think you know ideally I think probably having a mixture of ages and you know everything Kind of makes it more a more kind of relaxed inclusive atmosphere so i think we probably would want to try and target um sort of families cross-generational groups i know that we um obviously lots of our friends have kids so we you know we want all them to come as well
0: <laughs> do you that was my question do you want kids to come
2: i i think i think yeah why not everyone's everyone's welcome what's everyone else think?
1: I so just the trolleys are annoying, but I think <laughs> as a, <laughs> as a business model, I think you want kids there because if you get kids in who are having a good time, then when they kind of in the long, long run, you know, when they're teenagers, they bring their mates, when they're oh students, you know, just repeat custom, like you just, open. and if you don't make it welcoming to kids, um, you're kind of cutting off a whole like generation of parents as well because like it just becomes really hard for them to to go along as well. So I think if I think being kid friendly is almost like a a sort of I don't know, it's something you have got to work out.
0: You're playing the long game then, <laughs> sure. Like... <laughs> I mean, maybe really
1: not. Game us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe not crucial in year one, but if you were going to do it over a, a longer period of time, I think you've got to you've got to have a figured that out i think what do you think kat you're less keen
0: yeah like no kids thanks no you can't no come kids, <laughs> like a wedding it, yeah it would be
2: like a um what's that resort in the, like in the caribbean where they're like adults only sandals, sandals something yeah. Yeah. yeah a sandals vibe festival
0: i'm not saying it's ad- saying adults only makes it sound inappropriate um, <laughs> oh
2: no doesn't it like yeah i'm not sure we <laughs> have you ever seen like a festival that's like adults only like or like but it's
0: these so. adults only isn't it really yeah. deep down
1: people do take their kids to the room.
0: It's a whole kids area it's mm. deeply concerning <laughs> um no i i'm probably ultimately on your side Ross i think it's probably a good thing in the end um because you know everyone's a future customer <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so all right so that's fine so i think we've established we'll probably have kids and we want families want it to be family friendly not really do we adult, want <laughs> we want what? Oh, okay. They've...
2: We already have to cut this bit out, but do we want boomers? <laughs>
1: we're not everybody's, everybody's welcome, but if we rely too much on the boomers again, Miss, we're... Uh...
2: Oh
0: my God, who's <laughs> killing them off? <laughs> like, some of them will outlive you.
1: I'm sure they will. But will they, they still back. be paying to come to my festival? <laughs>
2: <I don't know. laughs> they've got the most they've got the most most, most (laughs) useful income so actually maybe we should be doing like a i don't know a boomers
0: festival i think
1: that's what they call the um the tribute act festivals
0: oh my god (laughs) (laughs) right that's quite enough of that so if we're inviting everyone how big do you think our first festival should be so like obviously we're going to try and do like a kind of dry run in a pub somewhere that's our first plan um well, I think we decided that's our first plan, um but you know ultimately our first festival you know they they can be any kind of size, like what do you guys think? Do we do something scalable? Do we just go crazy? What do you think?
2: I think, and this is probably the the pragmatist and some might say pessimist in me. I think we kind of start small, so i I deny know like a few hundred people I don't know what yeah, the I think that to be maybe, realistic. Uh,
1: yeah, I think to be realistic and I like actually have a chance of pulling something off and then building on it, I think, yeah, I don't know, 500 to a thousand, thousand tops probably in the first, in the first year. Um, we've also got fairly finite resources. Obviously we need to get into that at some point, but, um, but I think it's all driven by, by that a little bit as well isn't
0: it yeah let's not talk about finances the week before christmas shall we um but no i think yeah like i think so i think our plan is for now like just so everyone is sort of aware that we'll probably do something small in a pub to start with right like a kind of tester run with a few
1: similar yeah
0: pub or someone's big house (laughs) um and but no i agree i think you know a thousand people is a good aim i think a thousand people would be a really nice aim actually Cause like no one has a thousand friends so if you've got a thousand people to come well i don't have a thousand friends maybe you guys have a thousand friends rachel might have a thousand friends she actually does yeah yeah no,
2: i don't have a thousand friends but i i mean i think i don't know a thousand that seems like that's not a lot
0: yeah it's quite a lot we
2: want to like we'd want to kind of like sell out and there's like how many festivals like five six hundred festivals so how do we get that many people to choose our festival over other festivals
0: well that's what the podcast is about <laughs> <And> I know <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I just feel like I feel like for the first one I feel like a thousand is maybe too many that's just I'm just going to throw that out there
1: I think we don't know enough to know but I, I mean need. I think we're all on the same page that it's a thousand tops aren't we like it's we're not going straight I in mean, it. I
0: mean, I'm not going to shut the door on them <laughs> if they say that they want to come. No, you can't come. you one 1001. <laughs> I'm very positive about this. Probably am to get some
2: tips, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think small, small and bijou, bijou, is that the word? <laughs> don't I don't know. So. I don't know what that
1: means, but I think it doesn't mean what <laughs> like you think it means. cute. cute and cool. I <laughs> Something to do with jewellery. <laughs> <I
0: don't
1: know. laughs> I I think you got we want enough people that we can have like two or three stages, right? Because that, that's kind of what we, I think we all envisage it as. But I think we've got to see some venues and, and understand the costs a little bit better before we pin ourselves down. There's mm-hmm. going to be hopefully some people who will buy tickets because they you know, they know us and like us. Um but we wanna we wanna at least test our uh marketing savvy as well and see if we can um see if we can bring in some kind of some independent punters.
0: Exactly. I think that if if we aimed for a thousand, even if we hit like seven hundred, I'd be thrilled because that's not just your mates and their mates. Like do you know what I mean? Like that's actually like got a good little little buzz behind
1: it so yeah Yeah. so we get but either way it's it's um two to three stages some multi-arts um we think some things for kids is is on our on our agenda we need to put something up for them do you think that's like would you have like genre specific stages and areas or do you think it's better to have everything mixed in and people moving around um what
0: what do you think about that I don't think you should mix the kids in <laughs> because no like I think they should have their own area because yeah. it's nice for everyone right like if, all the festivals we've been to that's yeah. been nice thing. um I think it always helps if the stages are slightly themed so if you are going to have say for example like a dance act I think it's helpful for all the dance acts to be in the same place it just is no one wants to be moving around loads of festival unless they have to it doesn't help so I don't see any particular reason why you wouldn't slightly separate them if it was possible, if it made sense from a lineup perspective. Yeah, yeah I, th- I
2: think it's good to have like, or like you know, if you have one stage where it's a little bit more kind of acousticy folky, and then another stage which is a bit more kind of rock rock pop. You know, I think it it does kind of. Me- I think a lot of the festivals we've been to, things are kind of themed together, even if they're not exactly the same genre. Like it's kind of. There's kind of a a a common theme between a lot of the the artists. I think that's that does work quite well.
1: Yeah, I think you don't. I don't think you want like the stages to feel like it's just the same thing one after another. But equally, if you have one, a genre that's like different, if you like, to everything else, like a dance. Like you have some acts that are specifically dance. I think that does make sense to to keep them in roughly the same area.
0: So I guess Um, it depends on kind of how sort of many different kind of very specific genres we have.
1: Yeah. Um. I think a lot of this stuff is like we need to. Um. I keep coming back to like we need to know what our site's like before we can make a lot of these kind of decisions. Really, don't we? Mm -hmm. Feel like that's such a um key thing it'd be really good to go and start start seeing some some options in the flesh
0: yep i think that's definitely our next step Okay, so to finish off then we have another question from a listener. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who sent us questions by the way. Um, and if you have any more, please send them to us on Instagram at how to build a fest. Um, but this question was, what has been your favorite surprise guests or artist band collaborations at a festival or a big gig? So Rachel, I will ask you first. So I think one of my favorite ones, although it
2: I, I guess you can both say whether well, you think this was a surprise or not but I really enjoyed um, when we saw Fleet Foxes at All Points East when um, some of the members from the National came on and they played Big Red Machine, Phoenix, I absolutely loved that and you could probably say well actually was that a surprise because the National were on the same lineup but I loved that song and I thought it was a lovely surprise that they played it live. Um, other than that, I think one of my other favourite surprise guests that was this year actually was um, self-esteem at Hammersmith Apollo, and Mr Blobby came on and joined her for the uh, encore. So that was that was an interesting surprise guest. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm also surprised. Rachel, I feel like you um your uh, collaboration experience is more about what you've missed than what you've seen.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is quite a sore point. Um, Generally, I've got a lot of near misses with my festival collaborations. So um, when me and Kat went to see Taylor Swift, the next night Robbie came out, uh, we had Mel Horan, who, you know, One Direction, huge, but Robbie, I mean, that's been great. And then Boniver at Wembley, the next night, Taylor. Who did we have? Do we have a special guest? I don't guest think had
1: anyone when we went.
2: Um, and then the next night, Taylor Swift came out and they did their duet together for the first time live. So yeah, I don't. I've kind of got a bit of a, a bad record with near misses for collaborations. But what what are your guys' favourite collaborations or surprise guests?
0: Um, no, that is horrendous. Uh, Ross, you go next. What was your favourite surprise? Um, my
1: favourite surprise, I think. This is a bit niche, but Fruit Bats and Anais Mitchell, I um, very big. I love them both. I, Anais, um, she wrote the music for *Hades Town*, which is like an award-winning musical. Fruit Bats, we all know and love, tremendous folk band. I had no idea that they were they were buddies, and um, he rocked up to play my favorite song of hers when she played at *End of the Road*, which is called wedding song um that was that was
0: great so i hate them that's my answer to this i don't have any favorites i just don't like it i suppose when you say like surprise guests i think i sort of thought more around surprise gigs like you know at glastonbury or at certain festivals where they do a surprise gig it just doesn't exist anymore i'm sure this worked really well in like the 80s when sort of the internet didn't exist and there weren't rumours like swirling around um, but you know for example the Foo Fighters were obviously a, a secret guest at Glastonbury this year and it was just stupid like everyone knew within about 45 minutes um, except for the fact that people didn't and people got excited it was Pulp and I was much more excited by the idea of Pulp than the Foo Fighters so I was quite disappointed um, and then when there is a secret gig that really is genuinely kind of like quite big like when the Killers played at Glastonbury uh, in twenties. 20- 17 I want to say 17 yeah yeah um, you know it was so over-subscribed because people found out about it that people were like crushed and then if you really have like a special guest at a gig everyone again everyone gets overexcited Elton John at Glastonbury this year anyone people kept talking about who was going to be there like Dua Lipa was going to be there and like Dolly Parton was going to be there and then who was there like the guy from The Killers
1: yeah exactly we were expecting Eminem and Dua Lipa and Dolly Parton and then we and <laughs> But he's and like, Britney. and, and Brittany. Yeah. But it's a good example. Cause he like used his like, um, massive gig to platform these up and coming acts. But because of all the rumors, uh, a lot of people were just kind of like disappointed.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: It was kind of a shame.
0: Yeah. And you know, so I guess that's kind of my answer. Like, I I don't know. I could think of a, a good answer. Miles Kane coming out of the Arty Monkeys. I was like that. I think it's nice. They're good mates. It's fun. Um, but I just don't, I don't know. It's just not like, it's not my favorite thing. And I just think having a secret, especially having a surprise like act at a festival is a bit of a gimmick these days. And I just don't really see the point of it. To me, what it actually suggests, especially if you're Glastonbury or a big festival is that you just didn't book the lineup properly. <laughs> and like, you just couldn't really announce it. Yeah. Oh, that like
2: the a big. they got an extension
0: yeah like it's giving you a bit of an extension while you finalize the contracts yeah do you know what i mean yeah it's like it's a bit random like why the foo fighters headline like two years ago like why were they playing i don't whatever you know what people said it was great i didn't go so Um, if um the other thing is if you're gonna have
1: collaborations i actually think that's a a really good answer because what's not interesting is when just like someone comes out and just plays guitar on their song yeah if you can have a
2: tambourine sorry just stand there there slightly awkwardly doing some like backing vocals and playing a tambourine or or oh the little egg shaker thing yeah the egg shaker
1: (laughs) it would be a bit more interesting if like sometimes they would come on and just play like two of the guest songs in the middle of the gig if it was interest if that was interesting or something like that but that yeah. doesn't, that's not normally what happens, is it? Or if there's a genuine need yeah. for, a, like, if it's a duet and the band doesn't normally have, like, a female singer in it. So that makes sense, obviously. But you're right, it's often just for the sake of a bit of a marketing gimmick, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Okay, so I think that's pretty much all we have time for. So I want to say a huge thank you to everyone for listening. Um, We will be back, but not till after Christmas. So a very Merry Christmas, everyone. uh, And we will speak to you all soon.
2: And just a big thank you again to Tony Flags music for the brilliant music and to Glenn for the artwork. Bye.